0: And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your Radio MD.
1: Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, coming at you on AM 860 The Answer. Our website is am860theanswer.com. That's am860theanswer.com. You can listen to me live over your computer. Just click listen live between 9 and 10 a.m. every Sunday morning Eastern Standard Time so you can get me anywhere in the world I'm your well maybe not China but you can get me anywhere well maybe not North Korea you can get me any well maybe not Venezuela either but most of the world you can get me I'm Dr Bill and we are an iHeart station so if you got your smartphone you can bring that with you and key me up anytime you want we are at 8779698600877 This is Talk Radio. I do stick to a theme in general, but you're more than welcome to join me. This morning, I want to talk about two things. Quickly, I want to talk about disaster preparedness in light of the hurricane that just struck Texas. And it's important that we all know what to do and how to do it, especially living in a coastal area like we are. But this applies to anybody anywhere in a disaster. Oh, by the way, we were talking about, uh, Bill and I were talking about Kaepernick before the show and freedom of speech and the whole thing with the Charlottesville riots and who had a permit. And, you know, we both agree we defend your right to free speech. And remember, free speech is in a public venue with a permit, but in a private setting or at somebody else's workplace. And we know that the Glazers own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're the family that owns it, and they have the lease on the stadium. And so that's their office. And the people that play for them, the football players, are contract laborers in in a very simple sense. And so they're not on their home turf. They're not in a public place. This is a private venue, and they do not have the freedom to say and do what they want without repercussions from the owners, Malcolm Glazer and his family. So I think we need to remember that when we get into these debates about the left and the right and the white supremacists and the communists and all that. And remember that if you got a permit, you're in a public place, you pretty much say what you want. Now, I may not agree with it and you may not agree with it, but that's the first amendment. So we'll let it go at that. And let's remember that if these football players want to disrespect what we perceive as an honorable and righteous thing. And that is to pay homage to our nation and our military. Then they should lose whatever rights they have under their contracts because you know what, it's a contract. They don't own anything. They're not part of the, of the ownership of the team or the stadium. And I'll leave it at that. Well, with the hurricane going on, I wanted to quickly run over how to be prepared. I've done this a few times over the years, and it looks like we've got the hurricane season in full swing. We haven't been hit yet. Hopefully, we won't be, but we've had some bad weather down here on the water. I don't know how you guys are faring over in Texas. I hope you're doing okay, and I'm glad to see that the Mississippi coast didn't get whacked again as a have been uh, a target, as well as the Panhandle and Alabama coast, Gulf Coast, have been targets for decades now. So what do you need to be prepared? Well, you got to have some fresh water. Uh, you can hang a gallon of water per person per day somewhere, put it in a freezer, refrigerator, or bottled water. The trick that I tell people is that you can just fill up your bathtub with water, and put something over it, put a cover over it to keep things from falling in it, and you've got fresh water there for a few days. Now, you may have to turn off your water in a crisis, uh, in a disaster, but at least if you fill your tubs up and fill everything you can up with water that's uh, a potable container, you know whether it's a plastic bucket or milk jars or whatever, fill them up and set them aside. You need battery-powered or hand-crank radio, the little emergency radios that have the ability to pick up the NOAA weather radio alerts and the local uh, emergency stations, flashlights. You need some flashlights. I'd get one for each member of the house. And get the LEDs, the the old style, uh, are just not effective enough, and you can pick up Cheap LEDs, you can pick them up in two packs on Amazon.com and other sites. Uh, they come with uh, rechargeable batteries and a little charger. You need a first aid kit. Extra batteries. You need a whistle so you can make noise in case you need to be picked up. Get some surgical mask or dust mask to help filter out contaminated air. Moist towelette, towelettes. I'm not pronouncing that right, towelettes. I think so, Bill. Moist towelettes, as you can purchase anywhere now, Uh, baby wipes, whatever you want to call them. Garbage bags, get the plastic bags and uh, some ties for your personal items and for sanitation. You can keep things dry that way. Uh, a A little tool kit is a good thing, wrenches, pliers, hammers, that sort of thing. You need something to open cans with. Make sure your cell phone's charged up, and hopefully you have a backup battery. Most of the cell phones now come with two batteries, so charge up the backup battery and turn it off unless you're in need of it. You can even put it on airplane mode. Uh, You won't receive any calls, but if you need to use it, you've at least got a charge on the thing, so you can put it into airplane mode. And so those are some of the things that you need in almost any crisis. And remember with hurricanes, number one, get on high ground. If you can't get out, if you can't go go to inland areas and stay with family or friends or get a hotel room for the night, then make sure you're on high ground because storm surge is is the main problem. If you live in... mobile home park or other structures that are not up to hurricane construction standards, then you need to get out of there. Go to a shelter. Find the highest area in the county and go to that shelter. If there's one in that area, go to that area for a shelter. And we've been through that in the past here, and I've talked about some high areas in both Pinellas and Hillsboro, but they're easy to find. Make sure that you have a few changes of clothes, underwear, uh, blankets, and a couple pillows. Make sure you have everything you need that's vital to you, your medications. Don't forget the pets. Don't forget to make allowances for pets for food and water. You can go to FEMA and check the flood map to see if you're in a low-lying area. You can also go to FloodSmart.gov for more help. You need a basic plan for the family. We have a four-digit number that we use, and if I text that or my wife texts that to all of us, then we know that we need to do something, and we have a plan for that. Make sure you have some food stored. Make sure it's not perishable. So dried food. Snacks, high-energy foods, you know, uh, sugary stuff like dried fruits. That's a a great thing to keep around. Yogurt, you can keep that out for a while. It's not going to go bad uh, as a general rule because it's already spoiled. It's just bacteria that has uh, taken over the milk and grown on top of it, so it is already spoiled. Uh, Different things that you can store that are easy to eat, uh, nuts, you can get some almonds, uh, if you like almonds or peanuts or whatever you like that in the way of a nut that has some calories and a little bit of protein in it. And remember, you're not going to be eating this forever, so it's just for a few days. And make sure you have a plan for a location away from home. And in the workplace, bosses need to have a plan in place for their employees. Now, if the work area is on higher ground than the living area, and it's a flood situation, then make sure that you're prepared for your employees to stay with you at your office or your building. Again, don't forget about your animals. Know where your evacuation shelters are. Uh, Be marine safe, and don't let the kids go out in in the water in the streets and play because that water is going down a drain pipe somewhere, and the the suction of that drain will pull a little kid right down into the sewer lines and that'll be the end of that little kid. So be careful with that. Make sure that you and your children are immunized for all of the proper diseases that the doctors are recommending you be immunized for. And in general, just use your common sense and be safe. If you can get out, get out and know your evacuation routes and and ski daddle. That's the thing. That's the thing. Again, flashlights, extra batteries, radio, battery-operated radio, matches, some candles, first-aid kit, duct tape's a great thing, rain gear. You need a clock or a watch, garbage bags. Don't forget the fire extinguisher. My wife really pitched a fit when I hung one in the kitchen. She said, that looks terrible. And then when the stove caught on fire... (laughs) And she panicked and was just standing there. I grabbed that and put out the fire. And now she doesn't complain about that. Scissors, a utility knife can opener, clean clothes, extra blankets, pair of gloves, food and water. Don't forget some cookies for the kids. They're great. All right. So that's the basic preparedness. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that because I want to talk about Venezuela. And the president has said that and is imposing sanctions, economic sanctions, on Venezuela. And the problem here is that we have a communist-style dictator in Maduro, and prior to him, Chavez. And these two guys have effectively weeded all of the opposition in the army out, much like Stalin did. Uh, to, To Stalin's dismay, of course, he killed off a lot of his field grade officers before World War II and so he had a real uphill battle to uh, take on the Germans who were invading Russia so I'm not sure that that's a good thing to get rid of all of your opposition you need a little opposition it helps its it's important that we know our limitations and that we have other viewpoints having said that of course We don't want people who are so ideologically opposed to us that they're out to kill us. But I don't think that that's the situation here. So what's next for Venezuela? This country has slid into chaos, essentially. It's a military in now. There are people riding in the streets, and hundreds of people have been killed, not by the rioters, but by the military who is trying to break them up. Their crime rate has soared. The murder rate is one of the highest in the world. Infant mortality has gone way up and is now one of the highest in the world. People are starving. I was talking with uh, Jim, one of the guys at the lunch table this week, and his in-laws have family down there, and they can't get basic medications, and he's been sending antidepressants down to one of the family members who has been on those for quite some time. And if you're on the antidepressants, the newer ones, the SSRIs or the SNRIs, and you stop those abruptly, you can become really depressed and suicidal. So that's a godsend for his family member down there since they don't have access to medications. Basic food supplies are dwindling. The bakeries and food stores have been taken over by local mobs, and are being run by neighborhood groups. The constitutionally established assembly, their legislative body, has essentially been nixed. The attorney general has fled the country, and they have gone into her house and basically looted it. And said that she had artwork and different things that she had gathered over her lifetime with money that she earned. And they have held this up to the people as evidence that she was corrupt and embezzling. So Maria Luisa Ortega has fled the country, and she actually fled in a motorboat because she would have been killed. And the country's on the brink of a civil war, except that the opposition has no arms. So the communist dictatorship under Maduro is basically, I'm sorry, Maduro is basically uh, in complete control because they have the guns and the population has essentially been disarmed over the uh, decades. And let that be a good warning to us that if we allow ourselves to be disarmed, then we are going to be very vulnerable to extreme left or right wingers who want to take over and run the country the way they want to. And basically these are thugs, you know, communism and fascism is just a, it's just a, a, like a mafia outfit. And those who are in the inner circle, which is 0.001% of the population enjoys all the benefits and garners all the money and the wealth and the uh, privileges while the rest of the population suffers. It makes it difficult to say the least. And so we have a situation where Venezuela is sliding into chaos uh, with poor health care, food and medication shortages, profiteering, thuggery, a junta that is basically raping the country. And The majority of the people are not for this, but there's not much they can do. There is a very vocal minority that is armed and a dictatorship is again taken over or has been perpetuated in Venezuela. After Chavez's death, Maduro took over and has manipulated the elections. And he's not going to hold open elections that are overseen by the United Nations or whoever because he knows he'll lose. He'll be ousted. It's a terrible situation there. You know what? We added to it. Obama has added to it. He said he didn't have a problem with Chavez, who was the dictator before Maduro. He opened up relations with Cuba again. So now American tourist dollars are pouring into Cuba. And guess who's? Behind all of this, the Cubans, the Cubans have been uh, integral in the buildup and the direction of the Venezuelan military for the past several decades, or the past two decades rather, perhaps longer, I don't know, I'm only going back in my recent memory, and that makes it very egregious that we have opened up relations with Cuba again and that we're allowing our dollars to flow into Cuba, and the Cubans are using those dollars to build up the military of their own country and of countries like Venezuela, where they're integrally involved in this chicanery and all the shenanigans that are going on that have to be stopped. This is a cancer. Communism, fascism, they're cancers, and they have to be stopped. And if we don't stop them, they will grow, whether it's in Iraq or North Korea or Venezuela or Cuba. We have to fight this no matter what. We have to. This is just a must if we're going to maintain a stable world. And a stable world means a safe world. And that's what we want. We want the world to be safe, not only for us, but for other people. You say, well, that's not true. We don't care about other people. Yeah, we do. Yes, we do. Where are you going to sell your goods? If, if everybody else is gone, that doesn't make any sense. We don't want to destroy countries and, and people. We want to help them come to a style of government and economics that will make them productive members of the world community. That's what we want. Look at Venezuela's economic condition alone. Last year, they had 100 percent inflation, 100 percent. So, a loaf of bread that cost a dollar last year cost two dollars this year. This is a terrible situation. Terrible. And this country has suffered off and on since its independence in the 1820s. They've gone through these spasms and these throws. And they had a great period when oil was discovered in the 1910s and 20s, and they started selling oil, and the prices skyrocketed in the 60s and 70s. But then when everything crashed, down they went. And you know what? This is not the first time that the United States has had interaction that has involved violence and uh, chaos and discord and animosity from their country towards ours. I remember in the late 1950s when Richard Nixon was vice president. Most of you probably don't remember that, but he was vice president under Eisenhower in the 1950s. And then in 1968, he was elected president. But in the 1950s, he made a tour of Latin America, a goodwill tour And he was attacked by a mob in Caracas, Venezuela, and almost killed. They smashed in the windows of his limousine. His driver had to gun it to get away from people. They were trying to grab him, and the people inside the Secret Service were protecting him. And some of the Secret Service were injured. And I remember the motorcade speeding out of Caracas to the airport, and he was quickly whisked on a plane and gotten out of there. And Eisenhower even deployed uh, a battleship, I think it was an aircraft carrier, and her escorts down to the coast of Venezuela to ensure that Nixon was not harmed and got him out. And Nixon never forgot that. And again, in the 1970s, the Venezuelan government nationalized all of the oil companies, some of which were American based. Now, you say, well, what have we done for Venezuela? You know what? We've given them aid. We've done everything we can in humanitarian terms to help them. We've allowed Citco, City Gas, which is their national oil company, their retail branch. And if you see the city stations, you know, the the, the quick stop stations, they're owned by Venezuela. So basically when you buy gas or buy a, a candy bar or a soda pop from these stations, it's going right back into Maduro and his buddies' pockets. So the first thing we need to do as a people to make a statement is to boycott the city gas stations and not allow any more of our dollars to flow into their pockets. Now, the president and the Treasury Department have put the clamps on any more borrowing by the Venezuelans from the United States and has frozen some of their assets, has done a number of things to economically halt the flow of money into the pockets of Maduro and his gang, which then goes back to the Castro family in Cuba. And this is a vital thing that we must do. We have not stopped the flow of Venezuelan oil to the United States or refined gas or whatever it is they're shipping. We have not stopped that yet because there are people that work in those industries down there. And as a humanitarian gesture, we want to see that they continue to work and make some money. It's important that they have some kind of income so there can be flow of goods and people don't starve, and they don't get sick and die, and the infant mortality drops. And of course, the kids are the ones that suffer the most when there's shortages of food because they're growing and their demands for calories are much greater than yours and mine. And so when there's a shortage, they're the ones who suffer. It's a terrible situation. really is. And if you think that it's not so then you just need to ask people from Venezuela what's going on down there. You need to give your neighbors who are married to people from Venezuela a call and ask them what the heck's happening. Have they heard from their family? You can go to newspapers in the area. Now we've got the whole Latin American world upset pros and cons We even have the ex-president of Brazil speaking out, but he's a socialist. He's criticizing the United States, while the government that is in power in Brazil now is supportive of the United States and is bashing this regime that has taken over in Venezuela. People are trying to escape into Colombia, which is opposed to the Venezuelan communist dictatorship and to Maduro and we don't want this kind of instability this is one of the most oil rich countries in the world and it has never been able to get itself organized in any kind of democratic fashion and the people have suffered off and on for two centuries now because of the ineptitude and the greed and the corruption Of rulers like Maduro and he has a small group of people believing that the problem is that there's a maldistribution or improper distribution of wealth and that the wealth needs redistributed needs to be redistributed and we've heard this before from Obama and his people on the left and it never ever ever works I mean why can't we study as part of history in schools, the demise of the Soviet Union and communist China. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, it's its not even a moral issue. It's not a political issue. It's basic human nature, basic economics. These things don't work. The best way to have a country prosper is to get everybody involved and get everybody working who can work and make sure that there's equitable reimbursement and, and pay for the work that's done and make sure that everybody's contributing back to the common pot. I mean, let's face it in a big democracy like ours, we're all eating out of the same stew pot basically. And there's no need to get too greedy. I mean, we want to allow people to make money if they've got the the right stuff and they've got the right product and they've got the right ideas or they've got the right skill set. We want to encourage them. And one of the ways is the rewards of money. I mean, that's, that's just the basics of human nature. For most of us, we do what we do. We know that we're not going to make more than X amount of dollars per year or in our lifetime. And as long as we can live and pay our bills and have a little fun, we're happy. It's the way it should be. And we don't have starvation in this country. I don't care what any of my friends at the, at the lunch table say, they have yet to be able to take me to anybody anywhere in this area, St. Pete, Tampa Bay, and show me that they're starving. And I heard this from some of the guys in the lunchroom and one of them, his wife is a social worker. And she says, oh, there's starving people. There's people without a health care and there's this and that and this and that. And I said, Saul, take me, take me there. I want to go see these people. I want to talk to them. I want to make sure they don't have some chronic disease like uh, inflammatory bowel disease where they're chronically skinny and malnourished or that they're, they've been skinny all their lives or that they have some other chronic diseases. And then I hear. Well, people aren't getting health care. They don't have access to health care. And I said to Cedric, I said, Cedric, take me. I want to go see these people. I want to help them. And nobody, none of the guys in the lunchroom have ever, ever taken me anywhere in this area to show me anybody that's starving, that's dying because they don't have basic health care. The only people I see that are truly starved and suffering are the drunken bums on the street. And the kids who are abused and neglected, and that's a whole nother ball of wax. But we're so lucky to have what we have, and when we see a country like Venezuela and decaying into the kind of chaos that it is, we have not only a moral obligation, we also have a, a social and political obligation to our part of the world to see that this does not continue on. It has to be stopped, just like North Korea has to be stopped. And the Venezuelan military held drills after Trump said that he wouldn't rule out military options. And I think it's a good thing to carry a big stick. That doesn't bother me. I agree with Teddy Roosevelt. Act like you're capable of and show that you are capable of going in and spanking the butts of these people, and setting things right. Well, while we're thinking about that, I'm going to go grab a cup of Joe. I'll be right back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD.
2: With SRN News, I am Michael Harrington in Washington. Houston is America's fourth largest city, and Houston is inundated today. Tropical storm Harvey dumping rain on the entire southeast Texas region. A spokesman for the Houston Emergency Operations Center says one person has died because of flooding. Authorities have not confirmed the cause of death, but they believe that's what happened. The rescue attempts continue around the city for those stranded inside flooded homes and submerged vehicles. A couple of apartment complexes... Had to be evacuated entirely. Health authorities in Catalonia say a 51 year old German woman has died from injuries suffered in the August 17th attacks in Barcelona. That raises the death toll to 16. And news reports say three Italian mountain climbers have died, two of them after falling into a crevasse in the Italian Alps. One of the victims has been rescued in grave condition. This is SRN News.
1: Dr. Bill for West Coast Radiology. Our good friends at West Coast Radiology offer convenient and comprehensive x-ray diagnostics, including open MRI, CT scan, CT PET, mammography, and ultrasound. With state-of-the-art equipment and four convenient locations, you're assured of friendly, comprehensive care. Most insurance is accepted and competitive self-pay rates, plus Saturday appointments. Call West Coast Radiology at 727 771 27 that's 727 771
0: I'm Bill Carl. For years here at Salem Media Group, we've made it our mission to help parents across the Tampa Bay, Sarasota, Bradenton area provide a quality Christian education for their children and half off the first year's tuition.
2: Sarasota Christian has been a great fit
0: for our daughters. They both receive an excellent education uh, with the ability to exercise their Christian faith. Right now, when you go to ChristianTuitions.com, you'll find a wide selection of private Christian schools in your area with half off the first year's tuition.
2: The teachers are real about their faith. You know they're praying for their kids, for other kids, for other families in the school. It's a strong faith-based Christian school.
0: That's right. Find a great Christian school near you with half off your first year's tuition at christiantuitions.com.
2: We're learning about Jesus and God and how God created the world.
0: If finances are the only reason you're not sending your child to a private Christian school, go to christiantuitions.com today for half off your first year's tuition. christiantuitions.com. When disaster strikes, when the world is turned upside down, children suffer the most and meeting their unique needs is why Save the Children is there. Right now, Save the Children is making sure children and families devastated by Hurricane Harvey are getting the help they need. Your $50 right now to Save the Children will send love, care and life-saving aid right here at home. Call 888-810-8275. That's 888-810-8275. Or give online right now at SaveTheChildren.org radio.
2: We can expect rain and a thunderstorm today. There can be flooding and low-lying in poor drainage areas. High today, 87. Rain and thunderstorms this evening as well. Mostly cloudy with a low of 78. Rain tomorrow, high 87. Then Tuesday, partly cloudy. A couple of showers and thunderstorms possible. High 89. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Holly Holdren for AM860, The Answer. Hand over hand over hand over this. This little piggy got a house made of bricks. Puff and puff, you ain't down Running on fumes, walking on coals, pockets on road game pulled out of control. Green means go, red means go. I'm colorblind,
1: motherfucker. MD talking about the crisis in Venezuela, a little uh, anti uh, anti dictatorship song there by one of the rappers. I wanted to go over real quickly our complicis- complicity and the situation there under the Obama administration, and the nod by Obama to Chavez and his left wing gang that we were okay with that. We're not. And the opening of relations with again with Cuba so that American dollars are pouring into Cuba and the increase in aid to Venezuela under the Obama administration, which is funding this crazy Maduro, the communist dictator. And you say, well, what about a civil war? Well, the Cuban army has been an integral part of the Venezuelan army for the past few decades. And Venezuela has been in the throes of revolution off and on since I can remember as a kid. And the Cubans, since Castro took power back in the late 50s, early 60s, has been intimately involved with the Venezuelans. And over time, Venezuela has weeded out under Chavez and Maduro anybody that is opposed to their regimes in the military. So now the military is basically an arm of the communist, fascist, Maduro government. And so there there can't be a military coup. It, it's just not going to happen. There can't be an armed rebellion because only the military have guns now. Another reason to maintain that Second Amendment, folks. And most of the governors of the states are appointees of, or cronies of Chavez and now Maduro. The military officers are all Maduro and Chavez appointees. Thirteen members of the cabinet out of 32 are military officials. So this is basically a military government. And civil war, even though 80% of the population by last uh, polling was opposed to Maduro, Even though 80% of the population is opposed, there's just no way they can rise up. So they need help. They need support from us. More than 120 people have been killed since protests began a few months ago. And almost all have been protesters or other civilians who've been murdered by the police, the security forces, or the military. The National Guard is part of the Chavez-Maduro regime. And as I said earlier, anybody who was in power or had any position who was opposed to the government has either been killed, locked up, or escaped. And Maria Luisa Ortega, the attorney general, escaped, and they looted her house. And so we've helped create this crisis in Venezuela, and it is our responsibility to help solve it. We have to do that. We've even had our mayor here in St. Petersburg, Christman, go to Cuba to try to set up relationships between Havana and St. Petersburg. And I'm thinking, dude, what are you up to? We are a tourist area, and you're encouraging tourists to go somewhere else. I mean, this guy is a whack job. And he's running for mayor again. I don't think he's going to win. One of our previous mayors is running, and I think we'll beat him handily. Is a negotiated solution a possible alternative? No. Just as a negotiated solution with Kim Jong-un is not possible. Why? Because these people are bad personality disorders. They're sociopaths. They don't really care about other people. They only care about their own welfare. And how the state can protect and enhance and enrich them. And they'll play on populist themes. And then once they have absolute control, as Maduro has in Venezuela, seemingly right now, and Kim Jong-un in North Korea, then they can do with the population what they want. Civil rights are gone. Fairness is gone. Trials by jury are gone. The right to democratically elect leadership is gone. The right to have an open economy is gone. All the things that we take for granted, they are gone. They're gone in Venezuela. What can Cuba do? Get out. But Cuba is not just an ally of Venezuela. Cuba is the puppet master of the Maduro regime, and they also had close ties with Chavez. So here we go again. We went through this in the 80s with Grenada. Most of you probably don't remember Grenada, but this was an island in the Caribbean that the quote-unquote communists were trying to take over. Basically, they were Cuban soldiers fighting for what little army this small island had, and we went in and liberated it, and of course, the majority of the People were just overwhelmingly ecstatic to get rid of these Cubans and these left-wing idiots who do nothing but destroy economies and bring people all down to the lowest common denominator. And that's not a good thing. Come on. That is not a good thing. Redistribution of wealth has to occur through hard work. And, you know, I'm thinking about this situation with the with the white supremacists and the Antifa people and they're fighting each other and they're protesting and thinking, don't you guys have jobs? Don't you have something to do? Go plant a garden, go dig a ditch, go do something for God's sakes. No, 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 no. These people are out beating their chest and bandying their, Particular ideologies, which 95% of us are not interested in. And I'm wondering, my God, why are they Why are they doing this? Why are they coming out? And don't they have something else to do? Are they this uh, socially disabled? Are they this uh, inept that they can't find a meaningful and productive purpose for their lives other than to go protest and beat each other up and kill each other? I'd do not understand this. We have such a wonderful system, and all we have to do is compare what we have with places like Venezuela to say, oh, my God. And if you believe in God, you should get down on your knees and say thank you. And if you don't believe in God, then salute the flag and say thank you to the abstract principles that are guiding us. We do have responsibilities, not just to ourselves, but also to our neighbors and to other people around the world. Again, City Gas, the City Gas stations are owned by Venezuela. They were nationalized, the oil companies, decades ago. And so all of the money that you and I are giving to these gas stations and to their convenience stores is going into the pockets of the Maduro government and its henchmen. So The first thing we need to do is start a boycott. And I want everybody to pass that on. Bill, you pass that on to everybody in the station. Let's get it out on the airways. Let's put a stop to this guy. You can choke him off by stopping the flow of cash. Cuba is not in a position to support him. Let's start boycotting vacations to Cuba. Let's go elsewhere. We've got a wonderful island that's part of the United States. It's called Puerto Rico has everything Cuba has and more much nicer hotels, much better food, a diverse biosphere, everything from desert to rainforest, beautiful crystal blue waters and scuba diving and snorkeling. Let us boycott the Cubans. Let us boycott the Venezuelans. Our money is not going to help the people. And I remember in the late 90s and early one, 2000s, one of the friends, one of the lunchroom gang, Terry and her husband, Renee, two doctors at the hospital, they were making medical missions to Cuba. And I'm thinking, well, I thought Cuba had a health care system. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. They don't have a tenth of what we have. And they said, Dr. Bill, would you save any expired samples? We used to get samples of medications, antibiotics, blood pressure medicines, cholesterol, everything. And they said, when you have expired medications, please don't throw them away. Give them to us because we will take them on our medical mission to rural Cuba and help people out. This is the tail end of communism, folks. This is the tailism, tail end of of any despot, any oligarchy, any criminal, abusive, greedy system that has a very small few at the top controlling what everybody else at the bottom is doing and taking the largest cut from any of the productivity and forcing people to try to produce in ways that just don't work. They don't work. That's not the way human nature works. Collective farms did not work. They don't work. And a Cuban-style dictatorship is marching right into Venezuela, and we got to stop it. We have to. Just as we stopped it in Grenada, we should have stopped it in, in Cuba, but we had the idiot Kennedy and his henchmen who were so popular because he was good-looking and had that silvery, Irish, devilish tongue of his. And now they're seen as the only royal family that ever existed in the United States, the Kennedys and the Bouviers. I met a guy yesterday, and Jacqueline Kennedy, she was a Bouvier, that was her maiden name. That was the family she came from. And he said that his wife was a third or fourth cousin of Jacqueline Kennedy, I said, how's that helped you out? (laughs) You know, it hadn't done anything for him. He's still out here on Saturdays uh, doing manual labor. He said, I haven't gotten anything out of it yet. So this is is all baloney. This putting people up on a pedestal and thinking that they're wonderful because they espouse some populist view or they have some socialist agenda that they're going to change the world with which invariably doesn't change the world. What changes the world is free enterprise, trade, hard work, open dialogue, democracy, education. These are the things that change the world. It's not white supremacists. It's not the Antifa communist. It's not the left wing of the democratic party. It's just the common sense every day. Let's go out and plant a garden. Let's go to work. Let's get this road built. Let's take care of these sick patients. Let's get the x-rays and the labs done. Let's get everybody on the on the ball here. Let's get working. Let's do what we have to do to make a society. One brick at a time. One brick at a time. You can't build it with words, and you can't build it with ideologies. You build it with practicality, with human Input, human endeavor, human freedom, human rights. And this is what we have to do. And that's why we have to resist people like Maduro and people who are in the positions that they are in who try to claim absolute authority over the rest of us. We don't want that. And we don't want our presidents and our governments aiding these folks as Obama has done and as Rick Kreisman, our local mayor, has done. I mean, what is going on? How on earth did this guy get elected? Didn't anybody look at his credentials, vet him? I talked with a woman at a luncheon years ago before Rick Kreisman was elected when he was running, and she had been intimately involved in the St. Petersburg, Florida politics and she had been on the councils and different various branches of advisory of the government. And she said Christman was a do nothing left winger. He never did anything when he was in the state house, and he won't get anything done as the mayor. His agenda is a pure Obama agenda of redistribution of wealth, of social engineering. By the way, that doesn't work very well either. And of basically ignoring or underplaying the day-to-day running of a city, the needs of a city. Cities are big businesses that run roads, sewers, policemen, firemen, civil servants, courts. All these things are just day-to-day parts of the business. And that's what we have to focus on. We, We don't focus on, I'm going to redistribute the wealth so that the bum on the street who's an alcoholic and doesn't want to stop drinking can have as much money as you and I have. What are you talking about? This is insanity. I'm going to redistribute the wealth of people who don't want to work and don't want to do anything. Are, 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 have you lost your mind? I mean, really, this is, this, this makes absolutely no sense. Put it into any context you want. Spiritual, moral, physical, economic, social, and think about it. It just doesn't make any sense. You can't find any logic in this. There's no logic to saying we're going to redistribute the wealth to people who don't want to earn it or can't earn it. Now, there are those who are disabled, and we have a moral responsibility to take care of them. Of course, we've got to take care of our kids and our older people. And th- These are just things that we do because it's it's innate in our nature to care for each other. But all this other stuff, oh my gosh, I just don't know. I don't know what to say or do. I mean, it it, it really is beyond my comprehension that these folks are able to get away with what they get away with. And we've been intimately involved in the affairs of Venezuela since the get-go, since their freedom from the Spanish in the 1810 to 20 era and the forming of a country in the 1820s. They have utilized our revolution in the 1776 through 83 era as a philosophical and emotional and moral support for their freedom They obtained from Spain. They have had people fight in many of our wars with us and their leadership, their military leadership in the 1760s and through um, 1860s through 1900. Some had been veterans of our civil war. They came here and fought. Some of the people who led their revolution in the 1820s were veterans of our Revolutionary War. We have intervened in Venezuela before. We've gone down there and established businesses and oil companies, and we've trained and helped people learn how to bring that oil out of the ground, process it, and make money, sell it provided markets for them. So we can't say we don't have any responsibility there. We do. And if the left says, oh, they're just going through this and that, and they need to figure this out for themselves, you know what? You can't figure anything out when you got a gun pointed at you that's loaded and you have something contrary to say to the guy that's holding the gun. There is no dialogue With a dictatorship, there's no dialogue with a sociopath. There's no dialogue, period. So I'm, once again, 100% behind the president and his advisors. And people say, well, why do you like him so much? You know what? I don't care who's up there. I care about the policies and the procedure. I care about how they treat the country and which direction we're going I don't see him as a god or a demigod. He's just a guy who got himself in a position of power and I like the rap and so I'm backing him and I agree with most of what he's said and done so far. It doesn't mean that I think he's a great guy. He may be the biggest yahoo in the world. I don't care. I'm not in it for making a demigod or having someone to look up to and praise. Dr Bill doesn't look up to many people. I guess I'm a little too arrogant. What do you think Billy?
0: <laughs>
1: but you know come on guys this is this is basic science. Carry that message out. Let's boycott Citgo or City Gas or whatever it is. I think it's City Let's uh let's boycott a number of things that have to do with Venezuela. Let's put the clamps down on this guy. Let's get this regime out. If we have to, let's go in militarily and do what we got to do to clean up the situation. This is baloney. Let's stop traffic to Cuba. Let's stop tourism to Cuba. Let's shut it down again like we had before. Let's reimpose sanctions. Let's get rid of all this Obama era era nonsense. And let's get back to some common sense. And let's make our world a better place, not only for us, but for all the other people that are in it. And I think that's a good thing. I kind of like that. And I want to let you know that I'll be back next week, that I am your Dr. Bill, your international Dr. Bill. And I got the, the answer for all your questions here on 860AMTheAnswer.com. a.m. Have a good weekend, folks. Thanks a lot, Bill.
2: Well, all right now. Gather round. Here we go. What do you think about it? Here we go. $100, $200, three, dollars $500. It's auction.